Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I talk to actor Blake Harrison and we have a wonderful chat and you're about to hear it. Um, before we get on with that, just a couple of quick thank yous. Um, big thanks to, to Scroobius Pip and uh, all my brothers and sisters at the Distraction Pieces Network. There's a whole world of great podcasts available on that very network, so go and explore that. Um, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. I uh, really appreciate that. He's got, well, I guess he's got a, a very different sort of style of podcast to do now, which I imagine he's getting used to. But, you know, we're all recording remotely now because you know well we all know why we're recording remotely because we're all in the same situation um and so these things are being done over zoom and occasionally you know wi-fi signals and such can drop out and there can be glitches and and 76 does his best to sort of tidy them all up to give you a, a really good listening experience uh thankfully nothing like that happened on this chat with blake it's a really good natter um when you finished today's episode with with blake um go and explore the back catalogue because there's 250 or so episodes available now we touch on some uh, some mutual friends um, that have both guested on on the podcast you can listen to fellow in-betweener James Buckley uh, my episode with him is uh, on the back catalogue and available for free um, as is his co-star uh, Maxine Peake as well uh, Maxine was one of my my favourite guests I've had on today and uh, it's an absolutely lovely episode and uh, and I urge you to go and give that a check. If you like actors then you can hear me talking to Joe Hartley, Amanda Abington, Michael Smiley, the list goes on and uh, so yeah go and have a rummage and if you like your musicians then yeah guests as diverse as Tommy Lee and Motley Crue through to Fatboy Slim. Uh, through to Melanie Sear, the Spice Girls. And, uh, yeah, comedians such as James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Rich Wilson, Jade Adams, uh, Maisie Adam. Loads. Go and have a, go and have a rummage. Um, and you can find out about all of these things at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Let's get on with it. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful Blake Harrison. Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me Stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, mate. You good? I am. I'm all right. I'm all right. Appreciate your time today. You've been probably only like one of maybe three guests ahead of recording have gone like, 
yeah, look, I'm, I've got to apologise for my choices before you've even said one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, do you know what it is? Is especially over this is probably the wrong podcast to, to say this on, but I would say over the last like 10 years, I've not listened to like any new music. <laughs> <laughs> great way to kick I'm, this off <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm like I don't know it's very you know, it's, uh, that, that is obviously an exaggeration but I uh, I just don't, I don't listen to it and, and over the last however many years I've just been all into podcasts like this yeah. uh, so I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd listen to that more and, and also in the, really pathetically I had to get something done to my phone a couple of years back and it took all of my music off my phone. That was something yeah. to do with the battery. And it meant that now I've got to go back to an old laptop, somehow get that working again to put all my old stuff from my old iTunes library into, into my phone. I've got so many CDs. You're never going to do that, though, are you? It ain't going to oh, happen, I, is it? No, I, I, really, I really want to. I really want to because my, like now all I've got now is music that I might have got for like, because I sometimes use music for, for parts. Mm. Like, you know, if like whatever music that character might listen to, I might listen to that or, or just music that I think gets me in a certain place to play that character or something. So it is really useful to have a wide variety of music to choose from. And at the moment, I've just got like music from when I got married a couple of years ago on there from a playlist put together by the guests. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's all it is. <laughs> I'm struggling. Well, you're going to be all right because this is quite a retrospective uh, kind of sort of playlist anyway. So we're going to go back to, to, to your sort of formative years right up until until recent. Um, before we get on to, to records, Blake, I just want to sort of touch on, 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 on the obvious, really. Um, we're recording this on the 1st of Feb. Um, yeah. We're still in the thick of lockdown number one, two, yeah. three, four, whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, how have you found the last sort of 10 11 months as as Blake Harrison human being and as a as a creative as an artist um a mixture a mixture um so you know as a dad of two young kids I've got to spend a lot of time with the kids and and that's been fantastic and you know they've done incredibly well you know I think it's a you know we sometimes forget this is actually I don't know when this is going out but as we're recording it now it's the start of children's mental health week that's right and I think that we sometimes forget because the mental health, I think particularly uh, for men, we've seen a lot of drive towards the kind of like men opening up and talking about their feelings and all that kind of stuff over the last year or two. Um, and I think we, we for, you forget because uh, mental health as, as a, as a, as a wider topic is only now really becoming the norm to talk about, you know? And so you immediately go, oh, well, it's the adults, but no, the kids can suffer as well. And I think that, you know, I have to think myself very lucky that my kids have, have dealt with everything that's been thrown at them, the homeschooling, not seeing their friends, not getting out, not being able to see grandparents and all that stuff. They're desperate to see grandparents. And, um, you know, they've actually dealt with it incredibly well. Um, so I'm, I'm very lucky uh, for that. And, uh creatively as uh as an actor it's been tricky because there's been some elements of it i've been very lucky because i have worked on a couple of jobs but then even up until just recently i've had two jobs be postponed because of covid and one of them was like my big job for the year or, or probably the biggest job i would have had for the best part of a year yeah so and that's now postponed possibly indefinitely we're not sure what's going on with that 
So that's been really tricky when, you know, you're, you're putting your, your um, efforts and, you know, brain space into a project that literally up until about three, four days before we were starting to, to film it, then got pulled. That was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, but again, at the end of the day, and I've said this to a couple of people recently, as long as you keep in a bit of perspective and with everything that's going on in the world, if you can say I've got my health, I'm, I'm lucky to, to have a family that, you know, I don't just love as anyone would love their family, but we get on, you know, yeah. we, we do, we do get on really well. The kids are seven and three. They make me laugh every single day. And, you know, you have to thank your lucky stars for that and just see the silver linings and all of it. And fingers crossed, we'll get back to normal soon. You know, vaccines are hopeful and all that kind of stuff. But I I have to think count myself as one of the luckier people throughout this pandemic and 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 I don't want to lose sight of that so you can't get too bogged down in the negative you know absolutely couldn't agree more okay let's talk records <laughs> here we go <laughs> <laughs> uh for track 1 Blake I'm going to ask you to uh, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro please Oh, this is what I worry because I'm going to show like my lack of kind of musical uh, nous. I don't know what the word is, but um, <laughs> I was, here's, here's how bad it gets. I was very close to putting Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme tune. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it's great. The broken glass, it's all kicking off. We know we're up for a scrap. It's Stone Cold. Give him the beers. Get in. Um, but that's an intro, by, you know, in multiple forms, isn't it? That's it his, is. Was that his ring walk? That was his. That was his. Stone Cold Steve Austin's ring walk was the broken glass and then the heavy kind of like bass guitar. Dun, 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 dun. And he just had. He walked. I don't even know how to describe his walk, but I think I tried to adopt it when I was about thirteen years old. And people were like, "What is that? What is, why are his arms flailing around?" Oh, my son's brilliant. Um, uh, yeah. No. So that that was nearly there. But I think what I've gone for is. Um, Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Okay. Uh, because I just, I think the reason I like it, and it might be a slight cheat answer, is I love the intro so much because I know what's coming. Yeah. Because they start it off with that kind of, um, like, 50s rock style is what I would describe it as. It's got, it's got like, the little strum of the guitar, almost like that scene from... Um, uh, uh, Back to the Future, that, yeah. that, that kind of music they're playing when, he, when he's with the band and taking over and all that stuff. Um and uh, and then the, the the guy's voice is is brilliant, and he basically just sings beautifully. Come and get your love about four times with very minimal music and just like an an ooh underneath it, and then it just drops. And then the again the bass thing comes in of down 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 down. And obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy really made it famous uh, mm. uh, more recently. And uh, yeah, I just I just love that. But again, I think it's because I know that drops coming, and it's yeah, I. I, I I challenge anyone to listen to the first 50 seconds of, of that song mm. and not just be in a really good mood. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, every single kind of reference you've made so far has got a really strong visual attached to it. And you touched on something earlier as well, um, that you said you listen to music uh, when you're kind of trying to get into character and you'd kind of pick up on the music that you think that character might listen to. I'd like to know a little bit more about that and how you, you, know, how you go about that and what the sort of process is there. Um, I don't know. Well, it's different for different things. I, I, I don't think there should ever be just one process for acting because every part's going to be different. The genre's going to be different, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've had it before where 
<clears throat> excuse me, I um uh, like I played a detective in the seventies. Prime Suspect nineteen seventy three was the the project, and um, the guy was in a band. And so I was listening to what I thought he would listen to. What and sometimes I think. I feel very responsive to music. You know, I'll hear a good tune and it's, I, it, I struggle to not dance or not do so. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I feel, I, I just feel a physical kind of thing. It kind of takes me over a little bit. And, um, I think if I listen to what they were listening to, it might just affect my physicality a little bit or something like that. If I just, you know, with, with that, I think it was like T-Rex, like Bolan, bit of Bowie, um, Rolling Stones a little bit as well, like all that kind of stuff. And there's some of that music has a real swagger to it. Yeah, um, massively. Yeah, and, and and I think that that can come. Like my, my natural physicality. My wife's always complaining about my posture. You know, I, I have this like collapsed neck and like my shoulders <laughs> are all hunched over. I think it's that thing of just being a teenager and not wanting anyone to see you, and you just yeah. kind of adopt this kind of shell-like posture. Um, uh, and so when you listen to that kind of music, again, I kind of kind of stick your shoulders back and puff your chest out. It's, like, it's that kind of peacock type thing, yeah. especially like the Jagger and like the Stones. You've got this kind of peacock thing going on. And so that is what I try and do with 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 that. And then there'll be other things that I do where I'm like, um, you know, I've, I've got to have a real emotional response to what I'm about to do. So I'll listen to music that makes me sad and then... I can take that sort of emotion into a scene. And then when I'm saying the words, I'm, I'm already naturally in a slightly kind of emotive state. Sure. And again, that can get you where you want to go again. Every, and everyone's different. Everyone will do it in different ways. So, but that's, that's kind of just little things that I've used in the past. I mean, that leads on perfectly to, uh, to track two, Blake. And that's the first thing you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. All right, yeah. Um, I am going to go with uh, Shiver by Coldplay. Okay. Um, I think <clears throat> that the thing I very specifically remember was, uh, as with a lot of stuff in my life, is the uh, the unrequited love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, I was think I was probably about 14 and I really was getting into Coldplay and I just changed school because so I went to the, the Brit school and the youngest you can be is 14 there. They only do like years 10 to uh, 14, like 12 or I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and so, um, yeah, and there was a girl that I really fancied. There was like also a friend in the friendship circle. It was very Ross and Rachel, mate, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would just, you know, I think that if I'm not mistaken, and this is so pathetic, but, uh, the the opening line is something along the lines of like um, I look in your direction and you never even see me. <laughs> it's just so oh, it's just like this fourteen year old boy walking along the road like yeah that's so me oh god if only if only she could see me. <laughs> oh so, brilliant. Yeah, so that that was me, pathetic little me, walking around at fourteen, listening to that. But that first Coldplay album, I think, is genuinely Parachutes is 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 a brilliant album. Hundred percent. But, uh, but I, I definitely think I've got a bone to pick with with Chris Martin and a few other artists that I would listen to at that age for just making me quite kind of, I don't know, a bit pathetic. <laughs> you're meant to be a bit angsty, aren't you? Though when you're that yeah. age, I think you're meant to be having them kind of uh, yeah, the unrequited love thing. It's like. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think you're alone there, mate. I think that's, uh, yeah, 
like, and, and Chris Martin will do that to you as well. He's good at that. Yeah, he is. He's very good at that. Um, so those kind of um, early years, Blake, where was that? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Peckham. So, um, yeah, and uh, and then uh, the thing, it was just mainly all just like South London. So I, so I grew up in Peckham, but then went to school, ended up going to school in Croydon when it's like Brit school and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not, it's just not much to say about it. It just it, yeah. it was Peckham. It wasn't the, the most pleasant experience in the world, kind of Peckham in, in the uh, in the 90s and yeah. maybe early 2000s. Um, you know, the, 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 the culture at that time was very kind of like be vigilant at all times because, yeah, yeah. and again, it wasn't, again, looking back now, it's, that, it's a weird time in your life, particularly in your teens, where you're being targeted for stuff. It's, a very, it's very strange looking back on it because it wasn't a case of adults being mugged or you know, beaten up or, or any, anything like that. It all just felt like it was all happening to, to just teenagers. Yeah. And especially, well, where I grew up anyway. And it was like, <clears throat> every time you left the house, I might've had me, my Discman or my Walkman or whatever it was, but the headphones were always up the, uh, up the jumper. You know, you never had them out because then you're a, you're a, you're a target. Um, just walking quickly, looking behind you every now and again, who's around, just literally just walking from your house to the train station or the bus stop. You had to be on alert of like, oh, that bloke looks a bit dodgy. So I'm going to keep running. Or there's a gang of lads there. I don't really want to walk past them. I'll cross the street and go on the other side of the road or avoid eye contact and all that kind of stuff. So my my memories of growing up in Peckham, as much as now it seems to have completely changed, it's been gentrified. I've got mates from drama school that grew up in like, the suburbs or in rural places that have now moved to Peckham. I'm like, really? That's to me, that's mental. Yeah. Because at the time in, in the nineties and maybe the early two thousands, no one that lived in Peckham wanted to live in Peckham. It seemed to me anyway, (laughs) everyone was trying to get out. Everyone was trying to get more money to get out. And now it's like, oh, Peckham's this cool, trendy place that everyone's going to whilst they're, you know, studying at Goldsmiths and all this yeah. kind of stuff and whatever. And uh, and it just, it, I, 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 my brain can't compute it. It's just this really bizarre, bizarre thing. But but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of, of positives growing up. There's such a like a beautifully diverse area, and uh, I, I might even mention that when we go on to one of the next uh, questions and stuff. But. But there was definitely, once you reached your kind of teens, you, you automatically felt like you had to be on edge. Yeah. And and I was always someone that kept well away from anything dodgy. You know, I knew a couple of people that that would get in with a group of lads or whatever and, and maybe be doing the wrong things. But I was always very much like, no, I'll sit indoors and play computer games throughout the whole summer holidays because I'm not interested in... Yeah going out and putting a target on my back or or anything like that so uh so yeah you know in a way it, it was it was strange i i must have had a vitamin d deficiency i didn't go out much <laughs> I, i'm pale now i must have been really pale at about 15 too scared to leave the house well um i, I want to touch on something you, you, you said there in a, in a moment but let's for track three it seems right that we get onto this one now which is a song that reminds you of your, your time at school please blake yeah, um, 
Again, I'm slightly divided here because I'm not sure whether to go for like secondary school or primary school. You can have an honourable mention. You can get two in have, if you I'll want. Have, I'll, I'll go for another. All right, so I will. I will choose. I'll choose Tenacious D's tribute. Great, because that was just the best thing in the world. It 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 really was the best song in the world. Does what it, it says on the it, tin, doesn't it? It does. It says. I mean, the video, everything. When I, it was that era where it was like, I'd come home from school, and you'd be flicking through. There was so many music channels at one stage. There was not only like started off with like MTV and MVH one, and then it became like the box, and then there was Kerrang, and. I don't know, maybe like Q. And then the, there was so many, such a wide variety. You had your pop ones, you had your um, uh, like heavy rock ones and like and stuff like that. And then you had uh, like the, the hip hop channels and stuff. There was just so many. And you just come home and watch music videos. That's just what I seem to do. And when I first saw Tribute, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just in love with Jack Black. I thought the guy was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just the... the the video, the song itself, the voices, the 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 music, the, the jokes, like every, I just loved everything about it. I've got that album, and it was one of those albums that's just like, I, there's bits of that I can just sing now, even though I haven't listened to it for yeah. so many years. I just go, I listen to it so often in my teens that I could probably sing you entire songs from it now, and I'm talking like the B tracks, yeah, and yeah, it it was absolutely brilliant. I loved, loved, loved that song. And so was that junior school or was that in the secondary school? That would have been kind of like uh, secondary school going in towards sixth form type thing. Um, And I suppose uh, honourable – it's also just so good to to lip sync to. If you you love a good lip sync, (laughs) bang out tribute. And most of that album is fantastic. How can you not air guitar and lip sync (laughs) to Tenacious D's tribute? Um, Yeah. yeah, I um, and the honourable mention I think would probably be uh, crisscross jump. That oh, was wonderful. Oh, that was back in the primary school days. That was a big and again because we um, I grew up in that kind of in, in Peckham, which was a very diverse area. All the the cool kids in my year group and we uh, were, were all the kids from like Jamaican descent and Jamaican origin stuff. So there was a lot of like Shabaranks. And, and I mean, I, I don't even remember a single thing about Shabaranks other than ding-a-ling-a-ling school bell ring. That's it. <laughs> Cause everyone used to go around singing ding-a-ling-a-ling school bell ring. And I'm like, I don't remember anything else about that song. And then there was like, I don't know it. And I don't know if it's just because I don't know if the bell would ring and everyone used to just go ding a ling a ling, school bell a ring. I, was like, I don't know. I can't remember. But, um, but yeah, but, and it was, uh, there was a lot of, of rap and hip hop um, at primary school. That was like one of the biggest uh, genres, I suppose, people were listening to. A lot of uh, string vests in the Jamaican flag colours as well, which I always thought looked cool, but was like, I'm not allowed to wear one of those. That was my next question. I thought, did you front one of them? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I, I wasn't going for one of them. But there was quite, there was a lot in sight because again, there was no uniform at my school. It's just wear your clothes, mm. uh, and there was quite a few of them. And uh, yeah, but that crisscross jump was just a classic. And then like you had like your informer that is no all that kind of stuff those, those were the big tunes at primary school um i mean speaking of of, of primary and, and secondary really like did you enjoy school um 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I enjoyed school when I got a bit older. Because again, I suppose being from a rougher area and not particularly being a tough person, like my dad's tough guy, he was in like the army and, and did boxing and all that kind of stuff. My brother has always been someone that could handle himself very well, and he's younger than me. Uh, and I've just always been someone that when it came to confrontation would just be like, oh, I don't want any part of this. You know, they, they say there's fight or flight. I'm pretty sure the third option is freeze because that's what I did most <laughs> of the time. Like my legs wouldn't work. My fists wouldn't work. Nothing would work. I'd just poo myself. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, that, you know, I can't remember how I got onto that now. But, um, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> I was just saying, like, did you enjoy school? I was going to school. Mm. Well, you know, yeah, um, so, I mean, I definitely felt like I didn't quite fit in anywhere until I got to, like, the Brit school and stuff. And it, um, that's not to say that I was very kind of – it wasn't like fame. I yeah. wasn't dancing around in leg warmers or anything. But it was just a bit more – everyone was just a bit more chilled out and a bit more um, – uh, I don't know, just willing to be nice without it being seen as any kind of negative or like a weakness or anything like that. The, 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 people's go-to at the other schools I've been to was either, I suppose, a form of, of banter, but we are ripping into you and you've yeah. got to be able to be tough to take it mentally, yeah. which I guess at that younger age, I, I wasn't so much. and uh, Or it was a genuine threat of violence <laughs> uh, half the time. Um, whereas when I went to Brit school, it was just like, no, everyone's just pretty, like, just be yourself and, and you know, you, you'll fall in with a group of friends that are the same. And, and oddly, when I was at the Brit school, I was probably in, like, the, quote, laddie group. I was in the ones that played football and were, you know, do, do, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And whereas yeah. at, at all the schools where everyone was a lad, I was probably, like, one of the least laddie, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as I got older, I preferred it a lot more. But then I was going to a school where they were specialising in what I wanted to do. Did, and the people, people there wanted to be there because they had ambition and goals. They weren't just like, oh, I'm going to school because 
I have to and actually I'm going to try and annoy the teachers or pick on this kid or because I'm hating school or not enjoying it, I'm going to find a release in another way. Everyone's going to that school because they're thinking, right, well, I want to make something of myself and I want to put all of my time and effort into whether it be music, media, drama, whatever it is, you know, that's, that's what they're going to do. How young was you when you realised that that's what you wanted to do? Oh, like, I genuinely don't remember a time not wanting to be an actor. I don't, uh, I think my nan used to tell me a story of me being about three years old and saying it. I mean, I don't know how true, I can't remember, yeah. but, um, but I don't remember a time where that wasn't the goal. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm incredibly fortunate that it worked out because there was no plan B. There was, yeah. it, it would have been quite a bad situation if, if it hadn't worked out, I think. I don't know where I'd be. Well, I, I, I want to sort of touch on something you mentioned earlier about, you know, standing and playing computer games uh, over the holidays because you didn't want to go out of a target on your back and, you, you know, you put your headphones under your jumper because, you know, it was, it was quite a, a, you know, a, a rough place to grow up in. Yeah. Uh, and then you've also, you know, the, on the flip side of that, you've chose a career um, where you're in the public eye and, and both of these kind of things are, are leading me towards, like, confidence. And so I just wondered, like, growing up, was you, was you confident? Um, I think... Maybe I was confident when I was a young child and going in towards my teens because I definitely remember being that idiot that was doing like Ace Ventura impressions in the playground and stuff like that and thinking I was good at it. Um, and everyone was probably looking at me like, no wonder you got no mates, mate. You, you're a mob. <laughs> you're just doing those Ventura impressions in the playground. Um, so, but I think I did have confidence. And then I don't know if it got shaken out of me with, you know, just like a bit of bullying or whatever it was. I don't know. But then I remember kind of into my teens, I would say I definitely wasn't confident. But having said that, I felt I was always confident in my ability to to do drama, to, to, to act and all that. And, and I, as much as I would be nervous about doing it, I would always go, no, I, I, I can do this and I'm, I'm driven to do it. And I know that that's what I'm supposed to be doing or, or, or something like that. So in terms of like socially, no, not very confident. But when it came to the profession I wanted to do, I, I think I was confident. Yeah. I, I'll say this with the greatest respect, um, like that, I, I think you know a majority of my listeners probably would have first seen you on the television in the Inbetweeners. Oh, of course, possibly um, only seen me. In the <laughs> That's what you were meant to say. <laughs> but you know, as you know, obviously that that was was, was such a huge success. Um, and and then you know I've I've seen you you know you in plenty of things you know contrary to what you just said Dale I saw you in <laughs> in that film with with former guest Maxine Peake that was a fantastic oh film. keeping Rosie oh Incredible. yeah no I love it she how good is Maxine she's so brilliant yeah she's she's, she's a bit well. special isn't she and yeah. I asked her this question as well and I'm going to ask you it um sort of even though everybody knows who you are everybody knows you're an established actor now. When you walk on set or you find yourself around you know, other actors now, do you ever suffer with imposter syndrome? All the time. Really? All the, all the time. I have it at home, at work, <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it's, that, it's a weird, weird thing because um, it's a job that constantly gets you reevaluating yourself because you can go from doing, like, for, for me, I, I feel like I've done well in comedy um 
and I really want to do more drama. That's always kind of what I was more gearing towards anyway, or I thought I was. And so I'll come off of doing like a, a drama, like I, I did, well, I'll make it specific. I did World on Fire a couple of years back, which was like a World War II drama. And I was only in about three episodes of that, but I felt like I did a good job of it. And I was in a proper drama and yeah, you know, I, was, I was really happy with that. Um, and a very English scandal as well. That was a similar thing where I've come off something like a big drama. It's doing really well. And I felt really proud of the work I did in it. But then it only takes a few weeks to go by and then the phone's not ringing. There aren't any auditions coming in or it's offers for the same work that you were doing three years ago that you're trying to move away from now. And then you go, oh, well, maybe I was just lucky to get that part. And maybe that's not that wasn't the start of something that's coming. That was just a thing that stood on its own. Yeah. And now I'm back to whatever this is or or maybe less. Maybe nothing's coming. Um, so you're constantly reevaluating. You're constantly auditioning, and more often than not, it is a rejection. Um, so yeah, you're up, you're down, you're left, you're right. You don't know what's coming, and uh, yeah, so you so you you can't help but then have self doubt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as I say, it only takes for you to be unemployed a couple of months, and you've not bagged the, the two free auditions that you've had. That you're going, oh well maybe maybe this is it maybe uh maybe i'm i better start doing the reality shows or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you know you you constantly have that and it is self-doubt but then there's other mornings where you wake up and go no i i can do you know send send me any part i can do it i've got the range to do this i just need to have the opportunity to show it and then i'll prove to everyone no no he is actually really good he's more than just this one trick pony or yeah. or whatever it is um but yeah, it's, in this industry, I, I, I'd be amazed if if anyone, unless you were just constantly working all the time, uh, I'd be amazed if if anyone didn't have self doubt and imposter syndrome. What was the first record you bought, Blake? The first record I bought was Eminem's "My Name Is." Oh, that's a good one. This that's is normally one. the one when it's a howler. That's a good one. No, I reckon I was about 30. I mean, I don't remember buying anything beforehand. I definitely remember having cassettes in the Walkman, but I'm pretty sure they were bought for me, like, now, whatever the hell yeah. it was. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the one I, I specifically remember going in and, and buying, and I don't remember how I was able to do it, because I bought probably, like, the radio edit version, but I'm sure it had the explicit version on it as well. And But I think, again, that was at a time where, like, People in HMV were probably about 17 years old working yeah. in there. And someone comes in to buy a CD. They weren't like – maybe now they're probably rated a bit more clearly. Yeah. But back then – same with computer games as well. I think computer mm. games back then, as a 13-year-old, you'd probably go in and buy Grand Theft Auto, no problem. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, rightfully so, it's a bit stricter. And, yeah, so Eminem's My Name Is was, was the first, uh, first song I bought just going back again uh, a, a little bit in regards to, to to records and stuff like that was there music on at home growing up yeah yeah there was um not a huge amount we were more of a tv family it was always the tv that was on but i remember my mum had a proper like record player and stuff and i remember michael jackson a bit of whitney houston um stuff like that and i think my dad might have had like maybe the jam yeah. or something yeah. like that but again I, I, it, it wasn't like a huge 
factor in our lives. We weren't kids that were brought up like with the with music always on. We weren't a particularly musical family yeah. or anything yeah. like that. Well, let's go forward uh, a few years now, because for track five, I'm going to ask you uh, the song that soundtrack your years, Clubbing, please, Blake. Oh, uh, so Clubbing, the, the song that I think most reminds me of being in, in clubs as a, a teenager would have been uh, Fat Man Scoops, Put Your Hands Up. Tune. Uh, that was an absolute I mean, the lyrics are very questionable now that I listen yep. to it back as an adult. <laughs> Not great. I mean, at one minute, one minute he's asking you, forget the kind of misogyny of it, but that one minute he's actually asking you, what's your zodiac sign? Which is just like, what? what? What's your zodiac sign? Like, what's going on? Cancer. <laughs> it's the, it's, the lyrics are ridiculous. If you've got long hair, put your hands up. If you've got short hair, big noise. It's like, but for some reason, it, the club just went mad whenever yeah. it went the engine number nine bit comes oh, in. As, it's all about that bit. Your transit line. It just and then everyone's just like, pick it up, pick it up. Knocks <laughs> again, and everyone's just going nuts. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, my uh, my thing back then was again being socially awkward, not being particularly confident, particularly with girls and all that stuff. I knew I had in my locker that I could dance. Yeah, where, so, where did that come from? Just like drama school. Um. Well, I just, I, just, I did like different Amdrammy stuff as a kid. You studied a little bit of dance. And then, yeah, I don't know. And we just did, I just did dance. Like Brit School did a bit of dance and stuff as well. So, yeah, it was just always a thing. And so I knew I could do it. And then when you're in a club where conversation is just someone shouting literally into yep. your ear so you can feel their nose touching you, um, that's not massively attractive so whereas when you're in a club and you're 18 and everyone else is that age and that song comes on or a bit of Justin Timberlake or whatever it is and you actually pull out a few moves some heads actually turn and you're like oh okay I'm doing all right and yeah I might have got a couple of snogs off the back of a few dance moves in my time um and then and then in between as comes along i use it and uh and then i've never been able to dance again <laughs> it's the pain of my life like, i used to have a right laugh at uh weddings and stuff like that now whenever i'm at a wedding if i go even near the dance floor you see guests pulling their phones out to try and film you it's like even oh. though anything like the type of dancing that like neil did it's not that americano song or anything like that it's just something random and you just, just having a little dance at a wedding dance at a wedding the phones come out and you're like oh i can't do it now <laughs> but i uh, but i had a great time me and those moves back in uh, oh, i don't know what would it been the early mid 2000s i don't know how old am i can't remember well um, you said you said socially awkward um was you ever the kind of guy that could like approach a girl in a club and say hello can i buy you a drink no. god no absolutely not and again, I knew people that, that could, that yeah. just had that with the gab and they were just like, don't care. I mean, one of them even just like with horrendous chat up lines that yeah. like most of the time didn't work, but mm. he just found it funny. He didn't care. I was never like, I was always like the worst thing that could possibly happen to me in this situation is I get rejected, yeah. which looking back on it is ridiculous. But at the time it felt like the biggest thing in the world. How would I live it down? I'd be mortified. It's, it would be like a real judgment on me as a human being for me to go up to this stranger and say, Hey, can I buy you a drink? And then say no. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, for me, it was always, 
hit the dance floor as much as possible with good tunes, break out a few decent moves and uh, see, see if anyone is magnetised <laughs> to the dance moves. <laughs> so uh, just, I wonder, like, changing schools and stuff, like, are, are you coming? Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Comfortable, like not not in a kind of dating scenario of going and approaching a girl, but but just in in, in life now. Like for me, I, I I never change schools, but I the, the kind of thing that you hear when people change schools is that you you know you have to learn to kind of you know get on with people and kind of put yourself forward, and because you're the new kid, like yeah, you know, did you sort of take anything from that? Well, no, but only because everyone had changed schools. Oh, I see. The school's youngest year is year 10. Right. Everyone is starting afresh at the age of 14. So there wasn't any kind of, you're the new kid, you've got to break into a circle of friends. Everyone was starting from scratch, which was lovely. Uh, And that that was really, really great. Um, But I definitely think now I'm much better at you know, chatting to strangers or, or whatever it is. And I think that's mainly down to my wife. My wife will talk for England. Oh, and really? uh, Yeah, she's amazing. And I don't say, like, a lot of people say that in, like, like, we'll use that expression in, like, a negative way. Oh, they keep going. No, it's amazing. Because, like, when I first met my wife, my one of my big things whenever I went on a date was, what if I do that thing again where my mind goes blank and I can't have anything to say? And then, then what I think about is now you're just thinking about the fact that you can't think of anything to say. And it's just all this the time like, there's silence, right? There's just silence because <laughs> I, and it's like a black hole of silence. And it's probably only going on for seconds, but because I built it up so much, it feels like an eternity. Yeah. Like I'm just there. And the, the, like the little inner monologue is going, you can't think of anything. You can't think of anything. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're so bored. You can't think of anything to say, you prick. And then that, that's just what my mind was doing. But my wife was just so amazing. She just asked questions and chat and all this stuff. And it just brought out this side of me that's just like totally chilled out and would be able to chat with her for ages. And from 
being with her for so long now, we got together like over 11 years ago now. So, um, you know, having someone like that in your life and watching them just be able to talk to people quite freely um, and just ask questions. That's a simple thing of just ask questions. Just be interested in someone else. Just ask questions. That has rubbed off on me loads. And so now I do feel like I'm quite... I've now gone the other way. I'm now in a situation where um, I'll be in a conversation with strangers and I'll ask some questions and then I'll come away from that conversation going, they didn't ask me any questions. That's a bit <laughs> What's wrong there, mate? Not asking me any questions. A bit rude, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I've gone, I've gone the other way. Oh, brilliant. Um, for track six, Blake, I'm going to ask you uh, for your favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Um, yes, I well, I because I grew up in London, I've just picked someone from South London. Okay, uh, that counts. It's not Peckham specific. I thought yeah. that was too. But we've gone and we've stuck south of the river because everything's better south of the river. We all know this. Um, and I've gone for "Week" by Skunk and Nancy. Okay, nice, so, absolute tune. Uh, again, it's one of those ones where if I need to get myself to a, a bit of a heartachey kind of painful place you can put that in the headphones and, and get there pretty quick i just i just love it her voice is so amazing yeah she's got some uh she's got some lungs on her yeah huge, huge. what a voice uh, it's it's so great yeah i just i just love that song i don't know what i'll say about it. it's just such a great emotive song and her voice is just so powerful love it okay right for track seven blake it's the last song and and you get to play dj now and uh, and introduce someone to something that maybe they've not heard before. Uh, and that is the song that many may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Um, again, I'm slightly torn on this one. Okay. Uh, because I don't know whether it counts as a song that many may not have heard, because it was like a number one back in the day, but I don't know if younger people have heard it, but it's just a great tune for for mental health. Okay. Um, and that's Baz Luhrmann's Everyone's Free to Wear Sunscreen. Oh, what a great record. Um, and again, it's probably one that a lot of people have heard. So I've got a couple of honourable mentions in my back pocket. But um, but I just think there's such amazing advice in that song. I love it. Whenever I'm feeling a bit anxious or overwhelmed, if I play that track, it just seems to align me a little bit. If you know what I mean, you just you just I don't know. You can just settle yourself to that song. There's just so many pearls of wisdom in there that I absolutely love. It's like, you know, the race is long, but in the end, it's only ever with yourself, which is that thing of just like, just stop comparing yourself to everyone else, which again, I don't know how you feel about this, but for for me as, as an actor and with social media being the bastard that it is all the time, you're constantly comparing yourself to your peers that are getting this job, that job. They've had that audition. They've met this director, all that stuff. And you're like, Oh, well I haven't done that. Oh, and you have to just kind of go, no, it's not about them. Wish them all the best. They're on their own little journey. And you know, there's enough success available in the world for everyone. So just be on your own path and just make sure you're happy doing what you're doing. And you know, that you're, Jesus, you, you, you're a working actor. You don't have a day job. You're paying the bills with acting and you're providing a good life for your family with a job that you love so much. That, what a wonderful place to be in. Don't think, oh, but I haven't cracked America or I haven't been in this sitcom or that drama or, or whatever it is. And I think, but there's loads of bits like that throughout the song. Um, 
yeah and so i just think it's a fantastic listen for anyone if it's in a bit of a a darker space listen to that and i think it just gives you such brilliant little bits of advice or alleviates anxiety and stuff i love it i think it's really important now to offer kind of any kind of uh you know help or 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 distraction you know from from you know and a bit of headspace right now because i think a lot of people have you know, myself included, have, have, have spent the last 10 months, you know, being a bit reflective and, you know, and yeah. you, you can't help but, you know, having a little bit more time on your hands and, and you know, when you're stuck between sort of four walls, really, it, it can be easy to get reflective and it can also be very easy to kind of get down on yourself and, and, and things like that. So I think any kind of sort of pearl of wisdom or, or you know, and, and that's such a great chat. No one's mentioned that song on here before, and I'd never have thought of that. And I think that's a real, a real little gem of a track there because it does. And the fact that you just said kind of aligns things. It's like there's enough on that record that surely someone would take something from that. Hundred percent. It's it's just, it's just it's just lovely, you know. It's just saying it's even with like relationships and stuff. You know, you might dance your was it the funky chicken at your 75th wedding anniversary or you might just i can't remember what the line is now but like you might be single at 40 and that's you know or like the the most interesting people that this guy's known uh at 40 years of old 40 years of age still didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives and stuff yeah. like that. it's all just we're all just on our little journeys and stuff and i just anyone that's feeling overwhelmed or anxious about it just have a little listen to that and i i think there'll be something in there that you can latch on to and make yourself feel better and what i'll do on the bio for this uh when i put it out as well that just in case anybody's having a tough time of it um i'll also put um a link to to, to several mental health uh charities including some for for children's mental health with it being um children's mental health week um sure. And what we also do for every podcast, Blake, is put together a Spotify playlist so people can go and listen to all the songs that, that you've nice. chose so people can go and get stuck into that and uh, and check out that track. Um, looking, you know, forward for the rest of 2021, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's a vaccine that, that's being rolled out. So hopefully, you know, as the year unfolds, we'll find ourselves in a, in a much kind of more positive yep. and, and, and happy place. What are you looking forward to um, coming from this year personally, Blake, and, and what's coming up professionally? Um, <clears throat> well, professionally, everything's all up in the air now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be in the middle of like a nice six, seven week job and then it's all it's all changed. So, you know, but then with that comes excitement and something else might come along that's something you weren't expecting that's really awesome and so that's great so you've got to try and keep positive about that um and in terms of the year itself obviously we just want to get back to a situation where we can reconnect with people i mean i I am someone we mentioned someone else earlier a mutual friend who's you know they, they find themselves sometimes not uh getting out of their own little bubbles quite Mm -hmm. often and, you know, we've all been forced into our own little bubble recently. So um, for those of us out there that, you know, even if you are someone that's a bit more naturally reclusive, uh, I, and, and I can sometimes fall into that category, I, I think now you're just thinking, God, I need to see people more. Yeah. I need yeah. to, you know, I've got a, a poker night that we used to do maybe every two or three months and then it would move to every six months or whatever. And, you know, found it difficult to, to see each other. And we now haven't had one of these poker nights. It's from old, with old like uni mates for probably well over a year now. And, uh, God, I'm missing that. I'm missing yeah. seeing, you know, certain family members and, and, you know, the grandkids and the grandparents, just seeing the kids with the grandparents as well. That kind of just 
Because it's one thing with parents, you love them unconditionally, but you feel this burden to go, no, I've got to keep you safe and I've got to teach you and I've got to do this stuff. <clears throat> Grandparents have got it made. They just get all the love. <laughs> They're just like, I'm just going to love you unconditionally, feed you chocolate and biscuits because I don't care. I only see you, you know, once every week or two weeks yeah. or whatever it is. <clears throat> and, uh, and play. Yeah. And then they can give you back. Yeah. Uh, uh, and but seeing the kids with the grandparents and stuff, that's such a joy, you know. And uh, along with seeing them with the grandparents, also dropping them off at the grandparents. Yeah, that's the good that's bit nice. as well. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just, you know, even if you just come back, me and my wife did it before. I think we were like, we were in between lockdowns. I don't know if it was like September. Yeah, October. it was around about then, wasn't it? Were we between lockdowns? And um, so we were, we were able to take the, the kids, the grandparents for a night. And we just came back home because there was nowhere to go. We didn't go. But we just came back home and had an evening in to ourselves. Yeah. And didn't get woken up in the morning. <laughs> on our heads at 6 a.m. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. I can't tell you how happy I was. Simple I was pleasures. And it's, and again, I probably woke up just naturally at about seven thirty or something like that. It still yeah. wasn't like a lion as you would have yeah. known it years ago. But even that was just like, oh my god, I've <laughs> I've woken up. I haven't been woken up. I've woken up, <laughs> and that I can't wait for that. That's going to be incredible. Wonderful, Blake. It's been a real pleasure, mate. Thanks so much Thank for your time. You. Thanks for me having me on. I've enjoyed it. Oh, mate. Thank you ever so much. Have a lovely day, mate. You too. There you go. Wonderful chat with Blake. And uh, that chat continued long after we pressed stop. We uh, Turns out Blake's a huge UFC fan, so uh, we sat and had a, a, a natter for another sort of 40 minutes uh, about all our favourite fighters and scraps that we've watched and such. And, uh, yeah, and, and that, that, that's always nice when you get that connection with a, with a guest. We have met briefly. Um, we met at James Buckley's wedding um way back uh maybe sort of nine or ten years ago and uh and so yeah it was nice to kind of actually have a have a proper chat about records and such and then i get to have a chat about my other love which is ufc so uh, unfortunately that wasn't recorded so you can't get stuck into that but uh but yeah but thanks ever so much for listening and uh, i hope you got as much pleasure out of listening as as i did having that natter with blake um i'll be back next time in the meantime go and explore the back catalogue support the podcast on patreon um anything you need to know about back catalogues and patreons and merch and everything else is your one-stop shop is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com take care lovely people i will see you next time bye-bye i've got an announcement save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk why am i telling you this because they're our official sponsor yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, 
great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat & Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Eat a pocket.